Avoidance is a hallmark of anxiety. But one surprisingly simple way of changing how you feel during moments of anxiety is to behave differently than you have in the past. This can help to break the vicious cycle of anxiety and avoidance and help you mindfully and effectively manage your behavior to reduce anxiety in stressful moments. Hi, welcome to Your Great Journey. Each week we offer you brief tips, techniques, and insights to help you move in positive directions and master big change. For more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A.com. Today, we're sharing an excerpt from the audiobook, Don't Let Your Anxiety Run Your Life, using the science of emotion regulation and mindfulness to overcome fear and worry. Written by Doctor of Psychology David Klemanski and Joshua Curtis. Don't Let Your Anxiety Run Your Life is a groundbreaking step-by-step guide to managing the thoughts and feelings that cause anxiety, worry, fear, and panic. Based on cutting-edge science and latest research from a Yale University psychologist and professor, these simple and powerful mindfulness tips will help you stay calm and collected in any situation. In the short term, it might seem like it makes sense to avoid things that trigger fear or anxiety. But this strategy can actually increase your anxiety response in future situations. This cycle can lead to increased anxiety and worry and a loss of confidence in your ability to cope. In this episode, David and Joshua discuss the problem pitfalls of anxiety and avoidance. Confronting Your Anxiety Imagine sitting on the top of a roller coaster, high above the ground, about to go into a 100-mile-per-hour dive. Or imagine you're in a steel cage, about to be lowered into the ocean to swim with great white sharks. In either of these situations, you might notice a sense of nervousness manifested by sweaty palms, a thud-like pulsing of your heart throughout your body, jitteriness, a sinking feeling in your stomach, and racing thoughts. How would you react? Would you panic? Or would you try to override your anxiety to experience the thrill of a lifetime? In everyday life, people face many less extreme adventures, yet they may still feel as if they are in a cage surrounded by sharks. For some people, something as simple as talking on the phone, noticing their own fast heartbeat, or having to touch a germ-ridden bathroom door handle can lead to excessive anxiety. When anxiety strikes, do you fight it or do you walk away? How does your anxiety affect your behavior? In this chapter, we will teach you how to manage your anxiety by gradually confronting your fears using a research-based intervention known as exposure. We will do this by first exploring how avoidance behaviors can sometimes exacerbate your anxiety. We will then review how early learning experiences contribute to anxiety and how to mindfully and effectively manage your behavior to reduce your anxiety in stressful moments. The Vicious Cycle of Anxiety and Avoidance Avoidance is a hallmark of anxiety. When you actively avoid the things that make you fearful or anxious, 
you also avoid the emotional experiences associated with anxiety. In the short term, this can seem like a sensible approach. After all, most people don't want to purposefully experience anxiety. Nonetheless, this strategy can be quite problematic because it denies you the opportunity to confront your fears. Not only does this maintain your problematic relationship with the feared object or situation, it strengthens your anxiety response for future encounters. This cycle leads to increased anxiety and worry, loss of confidence in your ability to cope, more physical symptoms of anxiety, and increased use of safety behaviors. For example, if you are scared of dogs and you do your best to avoid them, you might still encounter one. However, the more you avoid dogs, the more your anxiety grows. Your avoidance essentially feeds the cycle of anxiety by preserving your fear and perpetuating a maladaptive approach to managing your anxiety through avoidance. If you want to stop this cycle, you will need to confront your anxiety by purposefully and gradually subjecting yourself to the things that make you anxious. What is avoidance? One surprisingly simple way to overcome your anxiety is to consider your characteristic ways of behaving when you are anxious. Your behavior is incredibly strongly linked to your emotions, thoughts, and bodily sensations, all of which are highly activated during times of anxiety. In fact, behavioral responses to fear and anxiety rarely, if ever, originate from an actual object or situation. Instead, they arise because of the problematic relationship you have to your fears. The ways you choose to behave during times of anxiety both contribute to and reinforce this maladaptive relationship over time. Thus, one crucial way of changing how you feel during moments of anxiety is to behave differently than you have in the past by purposefully and gradually subjecting yourself to the things that make you anxious and that you normally try to avoid. Later in this chapter, we will teach you some techniques for doing just that. As mentioned in the introduction, Anxiety, as well as the way you behave in response to your anxiety, is a highly subjective experience that varies from person to person. Even your own anxiety symptoms and their intensity vary depending on the situation and its context. If you want to test either of these notions, think about the various reactions people might have if someone let loose a mouse in a crowded lecture hall. Some people might freeze or scream. Others might jump onto their chair for safety, and yet others might have only some mild or fleeting anxiety symptoms and then watch the panicked crowd with amusement. These various reactions are based on the ways in which people relate to the prospect of coming into contact with the mouse. Let's say you're taking a class that meets for a lecture every day. In terms of your own anxiety, think about how you might react to someone releasing a mouse in the lecture hall one Monday. Now imagine that someone releases a mouse in the lecture hall on Tuesday as well, and Wednesday. How might your reaction change after someone releases a mouse every day for a week, and then a month? Even if you detest mice, we guarantee that after a full week, let alone a month, your anxiety in the presence of that mouse and other mice will diminish due to the effect of repeated exposure to the mouse. Practice Consider how your anxious reactions might change from time to time and what modifies them. For example, you might be more or less anxious about something depending on your environment, such as whether you are at home or out in public, 
the time of day, whom you are with, family, friends, strangers, and so on, how you are feeling, tired, happy, sick, content, or even how often the experience has occurred and for how long. What is anxious avoidance? Despite normal variations in how individuals experience anxiety, some symptoms, especially in terms of behavior, are widely shared. Behavioral symptoms of anxiety refer to how you act in an effort to cope or remove yourself from a perceived threat or unpleasant experience of anxiety. One of the most common behavioral tendencies is anxious avoidance, a normal inclination to protect yourself by exerting some level of control over supposed threatening aspects of your environment. If you have ever refused to cross a tall bridge, get a shot at the doctor's office, or give a speech in front of your peers because you imagined it would be unpleasant, that's anxious avoidance. It's an intuitive and self-reinforcing behavioral tendency that most people exhibit at some point in their lives. For others, it's chronic. In the short term, avoiding unpleasant experiences makes you feel less anxious because you were able to avoid situations you feared. It can be a helpful and adaptive process. Nevertheless, it's not possible or appropriate to avoid all the unpleasant experiences in life. Indeed, the more you avoid, the more your anxiety builds up in the presence of whatever it is you have been avoiding. When used excessively or inappropriately, avoidance thus becomes problematic. Anxious avoidance manifests in many ways and to varying degrees. Following are some common avoidance strategies. Intentional avoidance, for example, driving on back roads instead of the highway or refusing to attend parties or other social engagements out of fear of being judged or evaluated. Escaping from anxiety-producing situations, for example, leaving a crowded store or market to avoid feeling panic. Using safety behaviors, for example, carrying calming medications with you or insisting that a friend or family member accompany you throughout the day. Using distractions, for example, listening to music while having a tooth drilled or instructing a child to look at a cartoon on the wall while he or she receives an immunization. Engaging in maladaptive coping behaviors such as excessive alcohol or drug use. Anxious avoidance can also be characterized by the degree to which you avoid anxiety-producing situations. In many situations, it's possible to fully or partially avoid anxiety-producing situations, for example, refusing to fly altogether versus flying only under the influence of calming medications. Practice. Take a moment to assess the level and type of avoidance you tend to employ in those situations in your life when you feel most anxious. It may be helpful to write down situations or objects in your life that make you feel anxious, such as meeting new people or door handles or knobs. Then, take time to rate each one according to how often you use avoidance, such as 85% of the time or as often as possible, and what kind of avoidance you use. For example, intentional avoidance. I stay at home as often as possible and avoid talking to colleagues at work. Why do you avoid? In a recent study, researchers asked participants to think of a specific time in their life when they felt happy, and then to specify an amount of money they would be willing to pay to recreate that experience. Participants were then asked to place a monetary value on recreating other emotional experiences, ranging from positives such as joy and calm, 
to negative, such as regret and fear. Not surprisingly, people were, on average, willing to pay more money to experience positive emotions than they were to avoid negative emotions. The researchers then repeated their study with more participants to confirm their findings. In the second study, results generally stayed the same, but there was one noticeable difference. People were willing to pay more money to avoid fearful experiences than they were to recreate feelings of excitement, calm, and tranquility, or self-pride. This study tells us that people are fairly well motivated to avoid feelings associated with anxiety and fear, even at the expense of experiencing more positive emotions. In our own work in treating anxiety, we routinely encounter people who choose avoidance-based responses despite knowing it unfavorably affects their psychological well-being and in spite of more rational ways of coping. To understand why this happens, we have to turn to psychological theories on early learning experiences, including conditioning. In psychology, we define learning as a long-term change of behavior based on an experience. There are generally two types of learning. Both are forms of conditioning, learning by association, termed classical and operant conditioning. Thanks for listening to this excerpt from the audiobook, Don't Let Your Anxiety Run Your Life, Using the Science of Emotion Regulation and Mindfulness to Overcome Fear and Worry. You can purchase the complete audiobook from any major online audiobook retailer. If you'd like more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, please rate and review it. And please, share it with friends who might also enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A dot com.